In today's show, we're talking Orlando Magic with the host of the Locked On Magic podcast, Philip Rossman Reich. Michael Bolton, he's going to sit in, he's going to listen. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Earlier today, we did a fantasy basketball preview of the Magic. Now let's bring in Phil from Locked On Magic to give us a bit of a local perspective on a rotation that truly is confusing with so many ways that they can go with their players and Who's in? Who's out? There's so much stuff to talk about. So uh, let's uh, let's get Phil in right now. All right, so here he is, the host of the Locked On Magic podcast. He's back for I don't know fifth, sixth, seventh year in a row. I don't know how long it's been, Phil. It's been a long time. Philip Rossman Reich is here with me. Welcome back. It's good to be back. Uh, this is something I look forward to every single year. So we're here to to, uh, to talk about the Orlando Magic, and it is a confusing roster because you know from where they sit from the beginning of last season, things have changed a lot. We don't. A little bit. <laughs> we we know we know what the direction is, and the direction is to be bad and to build for the future. But there are still lots of weird pieces on this team that we need to try and figure out how it's all going to make sense um, on this squad. And let's start where we start all of these shows, and that's by me asking the guest, the guest, opening night. What is your projected starting lineup? Do you want my Do you want my projected starting lineup if everyone's healthy, which which you can see yeah. on the screen, or do you want my what I think is going to actually be the opening night lineup? Because those are two very very different things right now. Well, let's go through um, that one you got on the screen, which is assuming that Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac are ready to play, which are both yes. question marks. Yeah. Um. So right now, uh, the way the way I have the the starting lineup penciled in when everybody's healthy, um, is Markel Fultz starting at point guard. You have Jalen Suggs, the Magic's uh, fifth, uh, fifth overall pick, next to him at shooting guard. I still have Gary Harris as the three. Um, you know, we can we can discuss how that can that can vary, but I still think the Magic need a veteran in that starting lineup. Uh, Jonathan Isaac at the four, and then I have Wendell Carter at, at the five at the moment. Um, I feel like those are probably the 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 best five talent. You know, as far as talent and consistency, and and again, just having a veteran like Gary Harris. Uh, the Magic they're just so so young. They need it. it Ideally, they'll have one veteran around them at all times, whether it's Harris or Carter, or uh, sorry, Ross. It's, it's interesting that you do have Gary Harris. We'll talk about the, the Isaac and, and Fultz situation in a second, but I, I do tend to agree that if everyone is healthy, that, that will be their five outside of I would have personally had uh, a Kiki in there ahead of Gary Harris. I, I think, I don't know where you draw the line with uh, with veterans. Like, you know, John Isaac and Marco Fultz have been, what, five, six years in the NBA now, so I don't, I don't know how how far you need to go to classify but I mean, those like, guys as veterans. I mean, just, and just to, to kind of add to that point, and this is something that I've been thinking a lot about, like, yes, they're they're off their rookie contracts. This will be their first year off their rookie contracts, so this will be their fifth year in the league. Um, but technically, yeah. both players have played only one full season in yeah, the NBA. Uh, you know, Fultz missed all the time in Philadelphia. He had the one full season and really wasn't even a full season because the pandemic cut it short in 2020. Uh, and then he tears his ACL eight games into the into the 2021 season. Jonathan Isaac had a litany of injury issues his rookie year, played his full his full sophomore year, 2019, gets injured January 1st, so about halfway through his 2020 season, tears his ACL in the bubble, misses all of all the 2021 season. So 
in one sense, you're right. Those guys are, and, and by age and by experience in the league, they are veterans on this team. But by experience and just by playing time, they're almost like second or third year players. And, and obviously they're both coming off of injuries, so off of major injuries. So you don't really know what you're going to get from them, I think, on a night to night basis. So it's, yeah, it's definitely a weird thing about this roster. And, and, and we'll see when they're ready to go, too. Yeah, they've got the, the, the off court experience and, and being around a program and, and rehab and the travel of the NBA. They've got all that stuff down. But in terms of playing your on court experience, it isn't there like it is for, for someone like a Gary Harris or a Terrence Ross, who is the, the stalwart. On this uh, on this Magic team now, probably probably the longest tenured guy on this on this squad. Terrence Ross is the last remaining player acquired by Rob Hennigan. There you go. Well, let's talk about the bench rotation then. Um, now you've gone with eleven guys here, and it is hard to try and narrow this down. And I can see Jamal Mosley with a team this young really going uh, quite deep. So you got Cole Anthony, Terrence Ross, RJ Hampton, Chumra Kiki, Franz Wagner, and Mo Bamba in that group. That's the thing that we, we look at these guys and we look at someone like. Uh, RJ Hampton, who played so well at the end of last season, or Cole Anthony, who really you know, stood out at the beginning or you know, through the last season when Markel Fultz was out, and, and finding those minutes, because we know Ross is going to play, then you've got to find you know, room for Wagner and Akiki. It is hard to find enough minutes for all of these guys. So do you think that Mosley's just going to extend it out most nights? Uh, I don't think it'll be most nights. I mean, I think there will be a little bit of a by committee. I mean, I've been kind of warning Magic fans that that someone's going to get squeezed out. Yep. And and right now, I mean, and I don't dislike RJ Hampton. I like him a lot. I like his potential. But to me, it feels like with all the guards the Magic have, RJ Hampton's probably going to get squeezed out of minutes a little bit. And obviously, you know, we don't know when Markel Fultz is going to be back. Um, he's probably going to have limited, he's probably going to be under a minutes restriction. Same with Jonathan Isaac. You know, we expect that he'll be ready to go for training camp, but there's been some hints and whisperings that he's not quite there yet or he's not quite playing maybe contact yet. Um, and so it's not clear if he's going to be ready for the start of the season at this point. So there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching. And, you know, I think, I think it's very much going to be a situation where it's who do you have available? Let's roll out the 10 best guys we can. Uh, you know, Robin Lopez actually spoke to the media a, a little bit earlier today. Uh, we're recording this on September 8th. Um, and he kind of likened his role. And, and I think Robin Lopez is another guy who can, can, who can fight for minutes as well. He kind of likened his role to that of a relief pitcher or a utility player. He's going to be there when you need him, but he's not expecting to play every day. And I think that's just kind of going to be how the Magic manage themselves this season uh, until injuries hit or until, you know, things really begin to shake out and they really kind of see where their season's going. Quick question on the center position. I talked about this earlier when I did my fantasy basketball show for for the Magic. And I want to get your perspective on this. Um, you know, Carter, I believe, is the better player between him and Mo Bamba. Um, but is there any indication, Bamba has been a disappointment through his first three seasons, is there any indication that Bamba could push for that starting job or it's going to be like a platoon type scenario? Or do you see it as like a you know, 29, 19-minute type split? How do you view those two? Is there any indication from the front office or from Mosley as how he views those uh, those players Carter and Bumba together I mean I, I, it's it's not clear at this point I mean I think I think a big thing is they got to get out there and play um you know Mo Mo made the trip to Vegas and practice with the summer league team so he was very proactive trying to make a good impression with his new coach I mean I think it was no secret that Steve Clifford and Mo just didn't it, Mo Bamba just didn't fit his eye or and for what he needed and what the team needed at that time I mean he's a young player makes a lot of mistakes the Magic were trying to win games. They're trying to make a playoff push, and Bamba didn't really help them do that. He was, in, you know, he was very inconsistent. Um, you know, there's all these questions about a lot of different aspects of, of Bamba's play, and, and and he recognizes that to his credit. And a lot of things were out of his control with the injuries. So, you know, I think I think with Mo, 
he's he's got a clean slate here with the new coaching staff, but he's got to go out there and prove it on the floor. And you know, I think with this young ro- this roster being so young, uh, everything's up in the air. Uh, you know, who really know who really knows um, what what they're gonna what they're gonna do or 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 who's gonna ultimately shake out at the end. And and you know, I think the magic the, the, again. You talk about the opening night lineup. The opening night lineup is going to be very different than the closing night lineup, in my opinion. So, um, you know, I think a lot of a lot of that's just going to be determined in practices and 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 who shakes out where. Phil, you might know this is a familiar problem that you got one place where you watch your sport, then you got something else where you have to log in to watch your favorite shows, then you watch highlights on your phone, then you got someone else's login for someone else. It's a clutter. There's just remotes and there's devices and there's things all over the place. Well, I'm here to tell you about a way that you can get all of this pushed in together, and it is called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand shows together in one place for the first time, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and TV shows all together. That means no more juggling remotes, no more having to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. That's all right. Get rid of the clutter, get rid of the remotes, get rid of all that confusion and get your TV together right now with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. All right, let's talk injuries because um, that is obviously one of the big things on, on this team. We have Jonathan Isaac, and Markel Fultz both returning from torn ACLs. I would have assumed, and this was, I think, guess the general assumption that Isaac did that in August. The season begins some 14 months after that torn ACL, when an ACL recovery is normally like a 10 to 12 month injury, that he would be ready to go. But of course, that was coming off a another knee injury onto the ACL. And now there's some thoughts that maybe he's not going to be right for opening night. How, okay, let's, I assume he's ready for opening night, but I also assume that he is go- they are going to be extraordinarily cautious with Isaac this season and a back-to-back restriction and a minutes restriction probably lasts the majority of the season. How are you viewing his return from injury? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's that's the case. I mean, I think the the latest update Isaac actually spoke with um, with the media. He had a he had a a, a, flan, a, flan, a philanthropic project that that he was part of. He spoke to the media there. People, of course, asked him about his recovery. You know, he said he's jumping, he's finishing around the basket, which I took to mean he's dunking. Um, you know, he's doing a lot of things, which just not clear as whether he's been cleared for contact or whether he's playing uh, you know contact basketball. So at, at the very least, he's at he's on the court. That that at least that much has been kind of confirmed to everyone. Uh, regarding Jonathan Isaac, but yes, like you, I I would anticipate that he would be ready uh, for the begin for the beginning of the season at, at the very least. But the Magic have been notoriously cautious with injuries, especially with Isaac. Um, he is he he had a sprained ankle his rookie year that he sat for 30, 40 games, and I, I suspect the injury was a little bit more of a serious grade of sprained ankle or something a little bit more than that. Um, but the Magic have always been extremely cautious with Jonathan Isaac, uh, and I would I would agree. I expect them to hold him out of back to backs. You know, this is a team that's probably not going to be fighting for the playoffs. They will probably shut him down for those last you know 10, 15 games as they're fighting for lottery position too. Um, so it, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna make the most of the time they have, but they're not going to overtax him this season. What about Markel Fultz, who tore his ACL at the start of January? So if we're talking a optimistic 10-month recovery there. You're thinking maybe a November return. For him, I would be pretty surprised if he is ready to go opening night. Um, what's the latest on Fultz's recovery? 
Fultz, I mean, it's been even quieter with Fultz. Um, you know, there's obvious, obviously, he, no one's posting any video of, of their workouts or anything. Um, you know, from everything that that I understand, he's been at the facility. He's been doing his rehab diligently. He's he's obviously got experience having to do rehab with with his shoulder injury. Um, you know, he's made some statements. You know, uh, with uh, uh, the Magic, like posted some highlights of him. And, you know, he commented, I'm, I'm ready to put it on for my city. And that's gotten fans excited. Um, but, you know, that's that, that gets everyone excited. But, you know, it's a little bit vague when he might return. Um, you know, again, I agree with you. I would doubt that he'll be ready by the beginning of the season. Um, I, I imagine the Magic will also bring him along slowly. But, you know, I think one of the more interesting wrinkles with Fultz is he needs to be back out on the court as soon as possible. Um, this is the first year of a three-year extension. The third year of that extension is a team option. So he's really only got this year and next year to prove that he's worth that third year. Um, and so I think I, I think Fultz will probably be pushed to come back a little bit sooner. Would not surprise me if he's back at, at least by Christmas. Yeah, I would say he's back almost definitely by Christmas. But like Isaac, they will be cautious, I guess, with him in minutes and back-to-backs and limiting him because it's not like he needs to be in there because they're because they're pushing for the playoffs. And they've got, and they've got options at point exactly. guard, obviously, as well. Yep, so he can come in and play like a bench role for two months even and then push into a larger role as as we move forward. But we our last injury, actually, Michael Carter-Williams, foot injury for him. Um, it appears to me that he's going to miss a significant chunk of time, especially with the signing a couple of hours ago of Etwan Moore, who I... It really just profiles as a guy that can sort of handle the ball and defend on the wing, exactly what Michael Carter-Williams does. So to me, them bringing him in would be an indication to me that Carter-Williams is going to miss a pretty large chunk of the season. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's certain that, that Carter-Williams is going to miss at least the beginning of the season. The Magic have already confirmed that. It's very rare that they confirm any timetables for injuries. Um, but yeah, I mean, Michael Carter-Williams is, is, is going to be out for at least a little while to start the season. It's not clear how serious the injury is. It, it sounded like it was something that he was dealing with at the end of the season, tried to rehab uh, without surgery uh, through the course of the off season. And it just didn't take. So, so he opted for surgery to get it, to get it prepared and done with. All right. Let's talk about the player that seemingly fell into their laps in the draft. Jalen Suggs falls to number five. Now I asked this question of people uh, in my show earlier today. It's talking about what they think the magic backcourt of the future, not necessarily will be, but should be. Like, Who are the two guys they should prioritize there? To me, it, it's clear that it is Jalen Suggs. I'm going to talk a little bit more about him in a second, but I want to get your quick answer to this. I think that they should prioritize the combination of Hampton and Suggs as that backcourt group. You you have a, a might have a different opinion that maybe you're looking at Fultz and Suggs, maybe it's Anthony and Suggs. Like how are you? I assume Suggs is the the guy that's in there, but how are you viewing as a, who is the backcourt that they should be looking to be their yeah, one and two moving forward? Yeah, I mean that's actually a, a question you know a question that I haven't really given much thought to as far as having a final answer this year because I think one of the goals that I have for the Magic this season is to figure that question out to figure out who belongs in, in this young group. I mean we saw. A little bit of Cole Anthony last year. Um, you know, I think he might be a little bit too ball dominant to be a long-term starter, maybe, but uh, and not efficient enough a score on top of that to be a long-term starter. Um, Hampton did some really nice things, and, and I think I think there's a lot of hope with RJ Hampton, but he's got to go out there and prove that the way he ended the season last year is kind of his baseline or, or is something that he can do a little bit more consistently. I actually looked back at his numbers during his rookie of the month uh campaign, or you know, kind of two weeks in May. Uh, and a lot of those points that he scored and a lot of his stats came when the game was already decided when it was a 15 point deficit or more, which, you know, you see a lot of good stat, good stats, bad team guys, RJ Hampton definitely took advantage of being kind of a, getting the minutes and, and putting up some good numbers, but there's obviously a lot to build around there. And, you know, honestly, like I'm not one to give up on the playoffs so soon, but I think the reality is with this magic team 
is they're not going to be competing for the playoffs. They're probably going to be one of the worst teams in the league. It's very realistic that the front, the backcourt of the future is Jalen Suggs and whoever they draft in the 2022 draft. Yeah, that's that's absolutely a possibility as well as it's a player that's not on this roster. But Suggs, all right, so I, I really value Jonathan Isaac. I thought that he could have been a fringe all-star type player, a guy that is a defensive player of the year candidate with some offensive growth. You know, two knee injuries in a row pushes me back a little bit on his ceiling. So do you think that the franchise star on this team is Jalen? Of course, we haven't seen him in an NBA game yet. Like We don't know. Like He might be useless out there. He might be great. But do you think that this is the guy they're going, all right, we have got our, our guy, that our centerpiece type guy, potentially, that, that's the, where the hope is, uh, versus, say, like a Jonathan Isaac. Because I don't really think there's anyone else on this team who you can look at as a potential star to build around. Yeah, for sure. I mean, to me, the two guys with star potential on this roster are Jalen Suggs and Jonathan Isaac. And and I think that the list stops there. And, you know, I, I would even say I'm not 100% sold that Jalen Suggs is a number one guy. He might be a really good kind of number yep. two guy and and kind of floor set and kind of, you know, table setter as a, as a point guard, although we'll see, you know, kind of what he does as, as point guard. But for sure, um, you know, Jalen Suggs, you know, the Magic fans celebrated when the Raptors took Scotty Barnes. Um, the Amway Center just went completely crazy during the draft party. Uh, when Suggs fell to them. This is, this is you know, I've been telling everyone, this is probably the best guard prospect the Magic have drafted since Penny. Um, it's been a long time since the Magic had a young guard like this that they, you know, have draft control over for, for a long time with this much talent. He showed that at Summer League, in my opinion, where he, you know, took over that game against the Warriors, where he was making some really advanced reads and, and you know, teammates weren't making shots, but he was, he was playing really, really well and just clearly established himself as the best player on, on a summer league team that had a lot of mag, a lot of kind of main roster players on it. Um, you know, obviously we'll see where he kind of lands this year, but Suggs is going to get plenty of opportunity to really show out and, and, and make a case to be rookie of the year, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. He's going to get every opportunity to, to play and have the ball in his hands. And he's not a, like a, you know, 30% usage sort of a guy. He's a guy that's going to get, you know, he's, I, I liken his game a little bit feel to what Kyle Lowry has been able to do. Like a guy that you know, when he needs to take his shots, he's there, but he can set others up. He can defend really well. He does the team things. He'll get underrated almost perennially through his career, but he'll just be out there doing all of the right things in whatever area a team needs him to stand up. Um, he's got pretty good size. He can he can block shots. He can do so many different things. And I think that that's the sort of player that he is rather than a Donovan Mitchell type high usage shooting guard, hybrid point guard type player. He's more of that Lowry type to me. Yeah, and and I think that's I mean that was like my big observation from summer league is that th- this guy this guy you know his default is to get his teammates involved. Yep. Um, I think that's that, that's a really good quality to have. But again, as a star, sometimes you need to take over games. And you know when I talked to our pals at Locked On Locked On uh, Gonzaga or Locked On I think it's Locked On Gonzaga. It might be Locked On Zags. Um, when I talked when I talked to the host of uh, of the Gonzaga podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Um, you know, he told me that, you know, Suggs wanted to get his teammates involved. His scoring was down in college because A, they blew everyone out and B, they had so many weapons around him. But in the few times where it was time to score, when it was time, when it was winning time, you know, you go back and look at the NCAA tournament, Suggs took over those games. We saw that again in summer league. And so I'm, I'm really confident that Suggs is, is going to kind of find that balance. And I think a lot of this season is going to be figuring out, you know, when to assert himself, when to keep his teammates involved and, and when to take over and kind of realizing that, yes, I am the star of this team. I am the future of this team. And I think that's, that's going to be a big step for him. Phil, what's your favorite flavor of Bilt Bar? 
Oh, I I love the cookies and cream. Yes. That is that is my jam. Yes, yes, that is. I think that's two hosts in a row who have given <laughs> me the the cookies and cream answer for the best flavor because it is the best flavor absolutely out there. But you might like coconut, you might like raspberry, you might go for strawberry or orange or grasshopper cookie or whatever else out there. There's so many different flavors and they are all delicious. And if you don't know what your favorite is, get a mix box. You get all nine of the the standard flavors. Two of each in a box, and that's fantastic. But they're not only delicious, they are also good for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs per bar. So it's a delicious treat that also is good for you. And you can get Built Bar now for 15% off. If you go to Built.com, that's Built.com, and go use our promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you save 15% off. What a deal that is. Get yourself a box or two boxes, three boxes, 10 boxes of the best tasting protein bar ever built bar by going to built.com and using the promo code LOCKED15. Football is here. Very, very close to being here. We're like a day away from the NFL season opener. And if you're looking for the place to place your bets on pro football or college football, Bet Online is your answer. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at Bet Online. Also, they've got an opening day super promo. Make a bet. On the season opener, September 9th, Thursday, September 9th, between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your bet will get refunded up to $25 for new customers who sign up using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, or even your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait and take advantage of all the offers they've got for the 2021 season. Bet online are your online sportsbook experts. All right, Phil, that transitions us into talking about another guard, Cole Anthony, who stepped up as a, as a starter last year. I thought he played pretty well in that role. He does have some efficiency issues, but you're know, watching him play next to Jalen Suggs in Summer League. It's like two or three games. It was clear which one of those guys is going to be the better player, in my opinion. So while we we could easily see Cole Anthony start the season as the starting point guard because Markel Fultz is out next to Jalen Suggs, is his future, you sort of already alluded to this already, um, is his future, do you think, as a sixth man combo guard, you know, worse Jordan Clarkson-y type of player? Yeah, I, I think that's that's where his future is trending. I mean, obviously, coming into coming into the NBA, everyone kind of understood that he might have some efficiency issues. He's a scorer. That's his that's his his mentality. I mean, he's trying to put the ball in the basket, and, and you know, he doesn't have great passing vision. Uh, you know, he's obviously a little bit too small. And honestly, I think one of the big things that was revealed at summer league is playing him off the ball is probably a very bad idea. Yeah. Um, you know, he's not as great a catch and shoot guy quite yet. Um, you know, he doesn't really know what to do when he's off the ball quite as much. And, and, and he needs, he needs the ball in his hands, I think to be most successful. And so I think on this team, for sure, a six man role is probably the best for him. Gives him the freedom to kind of take, you know, all the shots he wants. He's going up maybe against some weaker competition as well. Um, and, and I think that, I think that's where he's going to be most effective in, in the long run. Um, again, you know, it, it, I thought he had a really strong rookie season. You expect some inefficiency from rookies. The magic really threw him into the fire probably before he was ready to do very much. He had a, he had an injury that kept him out for, I think two months or a month and a half, at least. Uh, he, he played, he had a really, really solid rookie season in my opinion, but you know, there's obviously a reason he was drafted with the, with the 15th pick. Uh, and so there are definitely some limitations to his game that, that I think the magic kind of saw the outlines of last year. Last question. Who's traded first, Terrence Ross or Gary Harris? I think it's going to be Terrence Ross. Um, I think Terrence Ross just has more value right now. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, I sure. think, I think that the, I, uh, he's obviously, I think one of the best six men in the league. I don't think enough people talk about how good of a six man he is. I think any, title contending team who needs an extra shooter. Terrence Ross is the guy you target. 
Gary Harris, frankly, uh, you know, he's still getting himself healthy. He has, I mean, he has to spend this season. He's obviously a free agent next year. He has to spend this season proving that he is healthy once again. Um, and that's been obviously the big narrative of his entire career. So Terrence Ross to me has the most value. I think there's definitely some motivation to move him. Um, there's def- this is definitely the time to move him because he has that extra year. So teams will be willing to give something up for him. Um, and I think the Magic do need to get some value for him in return. Yeah, I, I think that's 100% the way it's going to go. You know, there are plenty of teams that would need that. That you know, Philadelphia, a name that really stands out, just getting that shooting small forward type player to come off the bench. Yeah, Ross has some significant value. See what the Magic are able to extract for that, Phil. I reckon that'll do it for us today. And anyone who wants to hear about the Magic, you'll have it covered for them all over on Locked on Magic. Uh, five days a week uh, throughout the season, pre-season, Phil. Uh, always great to have you back on the show and, uh, and thanks for coming on. No problem. Thanks for having me on, Josh. And that'll do it for today's show. Don't forget to follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app on YouTube. Give it a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below. Subscribe, like, all of that stuff. You know how it goes. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.